My name is August McLaughlin, and I've been contemplating girl boners for years. It's time for Girl Boner Radio with August McLaughlin, a spicy blend of personal stories, in-depth reporting, and inspiration. Girl Boner is where good girls go for sexual empowerment. Listen in as August McLaughlin, award-winning health and sexuality writer, explores female sexual pleasure like no one else. She's the big sister slash girlfriend you've always wanted, and she loves to talk sex. Only on Global Voice Broadcasting. Beauty shouldn't be about changing yourself to achieve an ideal or be more socially acceptable. Real beauty, the interesting, truly pleasing kind, is about honoring the beauty within you and without you. It's about knowing that someone else's definition of pretty has no hold over you. Golda Paretsky. Amen. Welcome back to Girl Boner Radio, everyone. I'm your host, August McLaughlin, and we are going to start 2017 out right today by celebrating a topic dear to my heart, body and self-embracement with two phenomenal guests, plus a wonderful Ask Dr. Megan segment on how to feel sexy when you feel anything but. Joining us first is a Trinidad-born Ricardo Scipio, who is known for making unique, multi-layered, provocative work in film and photography. In addition to feature films, which I really want to see, he's had 14 gallery shows of his photography and his first book of photos, a collaboration with noted Canadian poet George Eliot Clark, was published in 2005. Today, we're going to chat about his gorgeous nude photography and his series, The Goddess Project, for which he's recently completed his sixth book. Thank you so much for joining me, Ricardo. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. Thank you for having me. So I'm really curious how you ended up in photography in the first place. Okay, good question. Um, I was a shy kid. And uh, I quickly realized that uh, when you have a camera in your hand, it gives you sort of uh, an entry point into social gatherings. Everyone sort of likes a photographer being around. And uh, yeah, so that was my way of, uh, of, of getting involved in the world. I love that. That's awesome. And what inspired you to shift from uh, fashion photography, which you did for some time, into uh, photographing nudes? <laughs> Well, um, when I reached the uh, tender age of 30, I started thinking about legacy. I started thinking about um, what, you know, am I going to leave behind? And I realized in fashion, no matter how great your photo is, in six months, nobody cares because the style's changed. And I, and I was just thinking, like, what could I photograph that would never go out of style and uh, still be relevant? And I thought, the nude will never go out of style. Mm. <laughs> it never has. Yeah. And... Uh, and it was also just the opposite of what I was doing. I wanted to get away from all that hair and makeup, get away from those expensive clothes, get away from having the images very orchestrated and very stylized. And I want to do something natural. And that was sort of the polar opposite as well. So, yeah, definitely that would that's what led me to uh, making that big switch. I could see that. It's so refreshing. And I spent a lot of time working in the fashion industry as well. And so to see what you're doing now, it seems to really celebrate, you know, the individual. But it also has this really beautiful, not only deeply artistic um, nature, but also they're very body positive and they feature the kind of diversity that I wish we saw in all creative works. How do you go about choosing your subjects, your models? 
Well, I mean, I'm pretty open-minded. Um, I'll shoot all types. It doesn't mean I'll shoot each person, but I like diversity. And again, maybe that's just um, a reaction to being in the fashion industry because in the fashion industry, I wasn't allowed to shoot women of color. I wasn't allowed to shoot women that weren't basically anorexic. <laughs> so uh, when I was when I freed myself, I was like, wow, there's all these other kinds of women. Not to mention uh, the women, quote unquote, that I was photographing in the fashion industry were mostly from 16 to 22 years old. Um, so they, they represent a very narrow vision of what women look like. And so all of a sudden there was all these women to choose from. And I, and I love older women. I love big women. I love women of color. Um, there's just lots of different kinds of beauty to, to photograph. Yeah. And it's so beautiful. Your uh, website, I know, uh, Ricardo, is it um, .ca, your, your full name and then .ca, where people can see photographs? Yes. Awesome. And, and also, um, se- also sexgoddessproject.com. Ah, oh, perfect, perfect. And uh, what's a typical photo shoot like then? Is it pretty different? Like you said, it's not as orchestrated, you know, play-by-play as a fashion shoot would be. Uh, what what is, kind of unfolds in a typical shoot for you? <laughs> well, um, my life has changed recently because my new project um, is a sex project. So I'm photographing not only people nude, but they're having sex. So it's um, it's a very different kind of photography. You can't really plan it or control it. It sort of has to unwind on its own terms. So it's I had to relearn basically how to photograph. So for example, I spent over 30 years learning how to use strobe lights. And you can't use flash when people are having sex. It's way too distracting. So I had to, you know, learn how to use tungsten lights and, um, and, uh, I had to learn how to use very different cameras. You can't use large cameras with long lenses. Um, for one, you're shooting it mostly in small spaces. You're usually shooting in people's homes, but also that's just way too intimidating for non-models to show up with this huge, you know, intimidating camera. Whereas if you come with a small camera, it's, it's, it's less of a problem. So yeah, I basically had to learn, relearn almost everything from the from the ground up. It sounds like when you said you more or less let it unfold, it sounds like you're trying to stay out of it and let something natural happen, which I think is so beautiful. And I think I think the best directors in film and in photography, you know, let the artistry happen. I think that's that's really amazing. Yeah, that's a good point. Film and photography are quite similar and you know, film directors often say that 80% of their job is just casting the right actors. And if you get the right people and you sort of give them the right guidance and let them do their thing, they're going to do their thing and they're going to add things to the work that you would never even imagine. Um, it, it becomes much larger than, um, you know, than what it would have been if you had constrained those people. And it's the same thing with photography. Um, the greatest photographs happen when people forget there's even a camera in the room. And that's when you get um, sort of a real rapport and real intimacy between the photographer and the subject. Yeah, I am so with you there. And I think it shows in your work, too. I, I personally much prefer candid photos to posed. I, we just don't naturally pose in that sort of like prom picture style, permagrin, you know, uh, 
ways that that we so often do when someone says say cheese or or whatnot. I think that's it's really beautiful. It becomes more of a collaboration. You know, it's um, you and the and the people you're photographing. What do so you mentioned non models are the people that you photograph. What kind of experiences do they have, or what feedback do they share with you? Well, they I I, I invite people to write about what their experience was like for them. So lots of them have written articles about the shoot. And it varies um, because people come in with various motivations. Some people do it as a, you know, as an emancipation project where maybe they had body image issues or maybe they're struggling with self-esteem or, or, you know, or their attractiveness and this is a bold sort of exercise and empowerment. Um, so for some, it's a therapeutic, empowering kind of experience. Uh, for others, um, there's a certain segment of the population that are just sheer exhibitionists and are very, very generous in wanting to share themselves with other people in a, in a visual way. Um, and some people just love art and, um, and, and love you know, working with artists and, um, they relish, you know, getting that opportunity. So there's, you know, different people coming from different, uh, directions, but, um, I will tell you, um, one of the biggest problems that I have is actually getting people to put their clothes back on. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Cause I'm like, okay, I've got my shots. Can like, I go we're not now? done. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, no, let's do this. Let's do this. And I'm getting really excited. And I'm, like, and I'm like, oh, man. Oh, man. So, yeah. That's, that's beautiful. I love that. I love that. Especially if somebody goes into it, you know, feeling butterflies and maybe it's a new, like you said, a therapeutic thing. It might seem at the beginning just to, just to witness somebody getting so involved in it. I think that's that's amazing. So do you have to, you know, have like it's time to stop now or do you sort of just try to let things yeah. flow? Yeah, I have to. I have to beg them. I have to say, Please. <laughs> That's <laughs> some, so funny. Sometimes I have another. Sometimes I have another shoot to go to. Sometimes you know I've traveled for the shoot and I have to get back home. Sometimes I'm exhausted. I mean, you know, there's. I'm a human being. Yeah. So uh, yeah, sometimes I have to beg. <laughs> You're like, take, finish off at home. Go go get a hotel room. <laughs> well, that's what. That's what I sometimes do. Sometimes um, they're not finished, but I'm finished. So I'll say. Okay, I'm kind of like gonna go pack up my bags now, but you guys keep doing your thing. So that, <laughs> I I did a shoot yesterday where that happened. So uh, yeah, that happens. That's a good sign. That's it's a lot better than the opposite. If you were sitting there trying to get them to, you know, keep going, <laughs> I think that's great. And the funny thing is, ninety five percent of people are really nervous before the shoot, and I I always kind of like laugh and smile about that because I know what's going to happen. So it, invariably. People are really nervous till about five minutes after their clothes have come off. And all of a sudden, people realize they're not nervous anymore. And, and, that, and then there's a transformation that happens. And it's, uh, it's pretty, uh, you know, it's pretty stark, the transformation. That's but, awesome. Uh, yeah, I always laugh I, because people always say, oh, I'm so nervous. I'm so nervous. I'm like, okay, good. That's a good sign. Because <laughs> just you wait. Yeah. <laughs> things are going to things are gonna change. That is so awesome. I love it. I, I think everyone should have at some point in their lives some sort of sensual, whether it's nude by themselves or with a partner or with a group. I, I just think it is a really empowering, therapeutic thing. And, and also knowing that 
you're not only being sensual in the moment and and hopefully freeing yourself and enjoying, but that there's something really powerful about knowing, even if they forget the cameras are there, but, but having some awareness that people are going to see this or that somebody is watching this and that you are creating art. It just seems to me to bring a whole... Um, you know, artistic beauty to our sexuality, which I think is innate, but sometimes gets, you know, missed in our media. Definitely. I, I'm with you with all that. And um, another aspect of it is it's also a historical document. So it's something, you know, you may take the, the photos in your 20s or 30s or 40s. And when you're in your 50s, 60s, 70s and 80s, it's a great thing to have to look back on. And um, that's one of the the great significances that uh, photography has in people's lives it is because it is something you can look back at. And I, you know, I enjoy looking at photos of me from 20 or, or 30 years ago. So it, it's got that aspect of it as well. Yeah, I could see that. Absolutely. So tell us more about the goddess project. Well, um, the Goddess Project has now morphed into the Sex Goddess Project because um, for 23 years, I did natural goddess nudes in color in natural landscapes, and that was very non-sexual work. But uh, a few years ago, I decided to um, add sexuality to the work, and it became the Sex Goddess Project. So I finished my first sex book uh, last September, and I've started my second one. So it's uh, it's changed and, gro and grown, and not because of me per se, but the people I was photographing were sort of pushing back and letting me know that they wanted to express their sexuality more and that they felt constrained by my lack of comfort <laughs> in yeah. photographing um, sexuality. So they they kind of pushed me uh, to expand my own boundaries. Beautiful. And tell us where people can find the uh, books. They, I, I saw you can order them on Amazon. Uh, you can no longer do that. Okay. <laughs> um, but um, no, it, it, people can just get in touch with me and, um, and inquire. But um, to protect um, my people's privacy to some degree and to protect the work from being stolen or misused – I've um, become more protective of, you know, putting it out there for the general public per se. It's always available for people that are like-minded people and can appreciate the work. So I don't want people to think that it's totally inaccessible, but it's just not out there in the general public for everyone to see. So, um, so yeah, um, people can, you know, inquire through my two websites or inquire through Twitter or anywhere else they find me and, um, and ask me about it and, um, you know, join our group. I've got a, a good uh, group of collectors and supporters that have, some have been with me for many years and, um, and new people are always welcome. Beautiful. I'll be sure to share the links as well in the follow-up blog post so people can click and, and find it. What do you most hope that people take away from your work? Um, to, um, the, the sheer joy and lack of fear, um, in the people that I've photographed, it's odd to me that something like sex, which is so powerful and so beautiful 
um, gets treated with such uh, fear and angst in this culture. I, I've always said from the time I started as a photographer that everything worth doing is worth photographing. And that's what photography is for. It's for us to, you know, to capture the things around us that we think are important, whether it be a child's birthday, a sporting event, uh, you know, a place in nature that we love. And it just seems strange to me that um, sex seems so not included in that. And I'm not talking about pornography, which is its own thing and a different thing and a thing that, uh, you know, I don't want to be involved in. I'm talking about it being in people's real lives. So um, I, like you were saying, I think it, everyone should, you know, be photographed nude and maybe be photographed making love at some point in their life. It's, it's a very empowering experience. And it's also a, an experience in learning more about yourself. Um, so that, that would be one takeaway that I would love people to, to have. Beautiful. Thank you so much for the work you do and for joining me today. Thank you for having me. I loved it. That was so much fun. Make sure you check out Ricardo's stuff. Again, I'm going to share the links on my website, augustmclaughlin.com. Now, I'm so pleased to welcome Allison Tyler, a BBW model in the adult film industry and so much more, to discuss her career, barriers she works hard to break down, including how women in the adult industry are perceived, and the interplay between physical activity and mental health, such Awesome topics. Thanks for being here, Allison. Yeah, thank you for having me. So tell me how you initially got involved in the adult industry. Oh, wow. Um, well, I'm coming up on my eighth year anniversary, so I've been in quite a long time. Um, but I actually, uh, a girlfriend of mine started in the industry and an agent had found her and I was driving her to and from set. And I was working a minimum wage job going through college and uh I drove her to set one day and a director asked me, he said, hey, do you model? Are you model? And I said, no, but I've thought about it. And he was like, well, if you're ever interested, let me know. I would shoot you. And I decided to give it a go and I fell in love. And here awesome. I am eight years awesome. later. <laughs> and what do you love most about it? Um, you know what? I The sense of independence. I mean, it's given me so much independence at such a young age. I've been able to travel the world. I'm so much more confident and happy with myself and my body. Um, and it's just, it's been such a great experience. That's awesome. Really. Yeah. That's awesome. And I know you're really passionate about the misperceptions that people have about the adult mm -hmm. industry. What are some of the, the biggest ones that you find that you really want to speak against? Um, you know, one of the biggest ones that I, I would say is a lot of people find it shocking that we can have like intimate relationships outside of work. Um, speaking for myself personally, I've had a boyfriend for Oh, God, uh, three and a half years. You know, we live together. We're like a completely normal couple outside of my job. And he has nothing to do with the industry. He's a fireman. So it's like people usually are very shocked. They're like, how does that even work? Like, what? That's insane. Um, but it, it's just like a normal, healthy relationship. And so that's one of one of the uh, the ideals, I guess, that people don't really, they can't wrap their head around. Yeah, I think part of that, too, is they think that perhaps the partner mm -hmm. would have issue yeah. with, you know, having sex, quote unquote, with mm -hmm. somebody else, which is not exactly what's happening, right? Yeah. So how does, or what, what do you say to people when they say, how does your 
what does your boyfriend think or isn't it hard for him? Uh, well, I mean, we definitely we have a very firm understanding. I don't bring work home. We have, you know, our, our different our separate intimacy. But sex on camera and sex off camera are so different. I mean, I, I like to say sex on camera is more like gymnastics <laughs> than yeah. sex. You know, you're thinking like, oh, my legs over here. Should it be here? Am I making a weird face? Like it, your your mind is very rarely just focused on it feeling good. Whereas sex at home with your partner is just you want to feel good. You want to make them feel good. It's a completely different experience. It's a lot like actors. It you know, is. in a movie, mm-hmm. they have spouses and boyfriends and girlfriends and partners mm-hmm. and, you know, and they may kiss somebody. And, and they always say or very often in interviews how, if anything, the sex scenes are just sort of awkward in some ways, yeah. especially because that's not the main thing they're doing, exactly. you know, and there's all the technical parts and you have to really think about the audience and mm-hmm. what the camera is perceiving. Yeah. The performance aspect of it. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And what about women? And I know that there's a perception that women who are in the industry were either forced into it mm-hmm. or, you know, they, they don't have a lot else going on, mm-hmm. which in my experience... Everybody I've met, they've been really intelligent and they have passions like everybody else. Is Mm -hmm. that something that you run into a lot? Oh, definitely. And it's so frustrating because the the women in the industry, honestly, are so liberated. They really are. I mean, you pretty much run everything. Like if you you don't want to work with somebody, then they're the one that goes home. You know, like you pretty much run the industry. If only we had that in every industry, right? (laughs) Right. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. It's great. Um, And and the the thing that really, really irks me, I guess, is like documentaries that come out like Hot Girls Wanted and and so many others. They focus on like the amateur shady side of the industry. The mainstream porn industry is a lot like the mainstream is a lot like acting the mainstream entertainment industry like you know we're protected as as performers as individuals we have a lot of say in what we do we have to sign consent forms like there is no force there is no anything um and so many of the women are just awesome and they're college educated and they're very smart and articulate and they just love having sex they're very sensual they're comfortable with their bodies and um yeah i, I just i wish that that stigma would would really go away. Yeah. <laughs> I do. <laughs> I do too. And it's interesting because I think every industry has a dark side. Mm-hmm. Oh, they definitely do. You know, the yeah. acting industry, the modeling industry, even, mm-hmm. you know, non-entertainment industries, mm-hmm. you could find a segment of people who are abused or forced into their oh, for sure. career path. And But for some reason, and I'm sure it's sex, but because we have all these taboos around it, exactly. it's like, that's the thing we're going to focus on. I that's mean, that's what everyone. Homes that's what in I on. heard growing up was mm-hmm. like, you know, every person in porn. It was every woman in porn mm-hmm. is what I, I. Ironically, the men just kind of slide yeah, right past that. <laughs> like they want to be there, but yeah. the women don't, and that's yeah. it's like. Actually, women really love sex. Yeah. Like many, many, like many, many women love it. Just as much. Just you as know? much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're not like less sexual creatures. And mm-hmm. it's just there's a huge double standard. A definite. There definitely is. Um, another one would be the drug 
thing is a lot of people assume that everybody in porn is on drugs. And I laugh because, I mean, like we said, there's there are definitely pockets of every entertainment industry. You're going to find that wherever you go, whether it be acting, um, music, porn. There's always going to be a pocket of people that are into partying, you know, and but uh because we use our body so heavily in our job, I've found that the majority of the people are actually very healthy. Their their sexual health, you know, we get tested every 14 days. I mean, if if something's going on, like we know, you know, we're very aware of our bodies. We're very health conscious. We all work out. We eat healthy. Um, mental health is very important. And, you know, I just... It's definitely, I think, the stigma around sex that kind yeah. of everybody hones in on porn. Yeah, which the beauty of you speaking out against these kinds of stereotypes mm-hmm. is that it does bring light to our whole public perception exactly. of sex yeah. and how it's so interesting how we our culture is very puritanical about sex. We're progressive about is. a lot of things, but not not sex. And no. it's just this natural, normal thing. And yeah. yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> so you mentioned uh, mental health and taking mm-hmm. care of your body. And I know you have a background in fitness and mm-hmm. nutrition. And you are very passionate about the mental health benefits yes. of exercise. So yes. what what is it about that that you hope people would find out or learn? Well, uh, when I was younger, I was I was pretty heavy into athletics. When I was um, all through high school, college, I played volleyball, I rode crew, I rode horses. Um, and then after I graduated college, I, I had never really gone to a gym just to work out. I, I did it because I, I had to with my teammates, but there was never really that desire. And I got really depressed because I put on a lot of weight. I like I had no idea what I was doing. I was still eating, you know, 4,000 calories a day because that's what I could do when I was 18 and an athlete. Um, and then I discovered bodybuilding and it gave me an outlet. And you really, when you... When you work on your body and you're very heavy into your, you know, physical activity, it really helps. The endorphins that, you know, rush through you, it helps battle a lot of things like depression, anxiety. It makes you a much happier person. Um, And it took me a really long time, especially with modeling, to be comfortable in my body. I'm a naturally curvy woman. And a lot of the girls that I'd shoot with are very tiny, very small. And I always wanted to be that And it took me a long time to realize, like, you know, I'm never going to be that way because I'm just curvy. Like, I've got hips and I've got boobs and I've got to be happy with that, you know. Um, And I feel like a lot of people really struggle between the depression and not taking care of their body and, you know, wanting to look and feel a certain way. Um, And physical exercise really, really helps in that. And I'm, I'm so glad to see the health and the fitness industry taking off. Yeah. I really am. It's it's fantastic. Yeah, I agree. And I think there is more focus on the emotional benefits. Mm-hmm. And because it's such a different experience to exercise to try to make yourself small mm-hmm. versus to exercise. I remember I was involved in this boxing project mm-hmm. when I moved to LA and I'd never boxed before. And I had certainly exercised to try to again, Mm -hmm. be smaller, lose weight, all of that in in an unhealthy way. And boxing was so empowering. I couldn't believe it was the first time I really felt like the power of my body. Yeah. And that is amazing. It's awesome. Yeah. So I hope that 
people listening to, especially it's like New Year's, mm-hmm. and I think it's easy to set goals where we want to please other people. Exactly. Like, I want to be beautiful to other people. What other people think. Yeah, mm-hmm. which is really paralyzing, I think. It definitely is. It definitely is. It wasn't until, I mean, I'm coming up on 27 tomorrow, actually. Oh, happy birthday. <laughs> Thank Amazing. you. Um, but it's taken me, you know, the the better half of my 20s, the better part of my 20s to really just want to be healthy for me, yeah. you know, and just be happy with my body um, and I just want to go exercise because it makes me feel good, not because I want to be pretty for whoever else, you know, thinks that my body should look a certain way. Yeah, which is so gorgeous. Yeah. I feel like that radiates. You know, you can sense when somebody is that sort of confidence mm-hmm. really does make somebody physically, I think, more attractive. I think so, too. You're a happier person. You're smiley. You know, you kind of glow. People want to be around you. It's, yeah, it's Absolutely. beneficial. We actually have a related question from a listener here. Okay. Uh, she wrote this in for Dr. Megan, and I'd love to hear what you have to say as well. Her name is Anjali, and she wrote this. I've been married for 15 years, am about to turn 45, and have been feeling extremely not sexy. My husband hasn't complained, but I know that my feeling down on myself physically affects him as well as our sex life life. We still have sex, but not as often or as passionately as we did even five years ago. Any suggestions would be greatly appreciated. Anjali, thank you for your question. I imagine many people relate to this. Here is what Dr. Megan had to say. Anjali, what a fabulous question. And I just know that so many women are going to benefit from your um, so boldly uh, posing it. Um, You know, I think it's just one of the challenges culturally that we have as women always somehow feeling not good enough and not embracing our bodies in any shape and size. And certainly as we age and, you know, post babies and just sort of the changes that come along. And I can certainly tell you in my office, I can even see size, you know, two and uh, four women who are sort of nitpicking at their bodies. Um, and it's, as you're saying, you know, husbands and partners, they pick up on that energy. If we're sort of sucked into that negativity, uh, chances are he is absolutely feeling that too. And the reality is women in all shapes and sizes are sexy. You know, I really want us to think about that uh, Dove Real Beauty campaign, or even the models for Lane Bryant, um, a store which, by the way, has some amazing and sexy lingerie. But that, you know, really sexy is sort of the look on the face. It's the confidence in the eyes. It's how we walk and carry ourselves in our bodies. And I think as women, helping us right now, this moment, embracing just where we are, how we look at any age, and, and also maybe where we want to go. But what we know is what we resist, we create tension, and that tension is in the body, and it does persist. And what we focus on expands. So I really want you through this question to allow yourself to step into your sexy. It, you know, it reminds me, I went to a retreat, um, Acropolo Yoga Center a few years ago, and there was about 20 women in a group dancing around and really getting into high energy vibrations. And we were all, you know, loudly rubbing, um, you know, saying loudly, rubbing our bellies and our butts and being like, I love my belly. I love my butt. I love my belly. And, you know, a lot of women were having a hard time initially sort of stepping into that. Um, but when you saw them all sort of struggling and then you could just feel that energy rise and to realize also that you're not alone, the energy really did shift because I could tell you that sexy is a state of mind. 
and sexy confidence is hot. So I really want you to think what makes you or helps you to feel sexy. You know, for some, they might feel really good in their body after a great workout or massage, or sometimes it's wearing something that feels amazingly soft or silky, or, you know, just the feeling on your skin, or that accents sort of the best parts of yourself. So whether that's your breasts or your legs or your arms, but really choosing clothing that helps you to feel sexy. And then also thinking about maybe when's the last time you've truly pampered yourself and maybe had a blowout or your makeup done or a spa day, or perhaps, you know, when you read erotic stories, whether that's either alone or together, because I think it's so important that, you know, sometimes we uh, may not have that opportunity for that full day, but it's really the noticing and allowing ourselves to own, right, and feel empowered to think of all the ways, unfortunately, we are turning ourselves off long before our partners even enter the bedroom. And so it's equally the challenge and opportunity to explore all the ways you can turn yourself on. And, you know, sometimes I think that mental rehearsal, you know, seeing yourself, seducing your husband, you know, leaving titillating notes, you know, conserving the time and the energy uh, for a more passionate encounter. And you also might want to think about sometimes adding something new to your repertoire because it's a something as simple as like a blindfold. Um, you know, if you're distracted by your body or you imagine relaxing, letting go more, if he had on the blindfold, you get the additional bonus that whenever you cut off one of your sentence, senses, the other ones are heightened. So I'm like, it's a perfect time for your favorite perfume or for aromatherapy. And I also recommend, you know, checking out books and games because sometimes, you know, especially being married so long, you might lose a sense of the possibilities and you kind of want something sort of outside yourself to give you a little bit of guidance or direction or direction. So two books uh, or games that I recommend um, because they have sealed envelopes and there's a sort of seduction quality. One is called I Dare You by Susie Bright. And the other one is 101 Nights of Great Sex by Laura Korn. And hers, what I love about this book is it has 50 sort of sealed and they're pre-planned secret seductions uh, for her eyes only, 50 for his eye only, and then one that's shared for the both of them as a couple. And what I love about this is, you know, again, it's not just about these two specific uh, games, but it's to do your own research because it's about expanding tools in our toolbox to really show, shake up the routine and build anticipation. But it all starts in our mind. So just remember and know sexy is a state of mind. And what are you going to do right now today to step into it fully for yourself? As always, can't wait to hear how it goes. Thank you so much, Dr. Megan. I loved her points about, you know, Sexy is a state of mind and really seeking out passion that you can play with and, and really challenging those social ideals. One thing that has helped me with my body image, I know, is getting kind of angry at what the world tells us we're supposed to look like. Mm -hmm. It's so frustrating. And when you realize that and really see that it's society and these, these crazy ideals that are telling us we're not sexy, it's not a true fact we can then turn it into this like beautiful rebellion, mm -hmm. you know, and just, I think that's really, really empowering. And I think it's a great way to step in and then, and also finding passions in your life. I feel like sometimes we internalize, you know, whenever I feel down on my body, I ask myself, am I feeling passionate in life? Like, mm -hmm. 
is my work going well? Is my relationship going well? Did something happen that I'm not dealing with? I think, you know, there's so many different layers to it. What would you add? I would definitely agree with that. Um, I notice the same thing. Like when I'm getting down on myself, it's probably because like, hey, you know what? I haven't been painting as much as I would love to. Like there's there's other aspects of my life and I'm just picking on myself and my body because it's easy. Yeah. You know, it's very easy to go, oh, well, I don't like my love handles or I don't like whatever it is. Um, but I do feel that when you sit down with yourself um, and really, really start to tell yourself that you love your body, period. There's there's no um, no question in your mind. I really love my body. Someone once told me, treat yourself like you would treat a friend. Like you would never go to a friend and go, oh, God, you're so fat. Like, oh, look at your thighs. You would tell your friend you're beautiful. You know, you're gorgeous. Like you're so sexy. Rock your body. You're great. You know, you want to treat yourself the same way. And the more that you you really um, the more you tell yourself that you start to really embody it and then you start to believe it and then you live it. You know, you're walking around like, wow, I really do love my body. You know, I'm going to go get a blowout or go do my makeup because I just want to feel good in my skin. I, I, I want to take care of myself. Yeah. And I think that that follows you into the bedroom as well. You know, when you're not feeling confident, your partner can tell. Um, when you're comfortable in your skin and you're happy, your partner can also tell that as well. And it really, uh, I feel, reflects in your sex life. Yeah, I think so too. Mm -hmm. And I, I love that idea of using those words, mm -hmm. I am sexy, I am beautiful, because, again, it's there's a real power in suggestion. Mm -hmm. And even though it can sound a little, you know, affirmations and all that stuff, sometimes people go, oh, that's kind of woo-woo, yeah. you know, saying I love you in the mirror. It works, though. It really does. It really does. It because really if you does. think about, you know, the number of messages we get that are negative. Mm -hmm. And one thing I did years ago when I was really struggling with body image and disordered eating was I journaled my negative thoughts about myself and my body mm -hmm. for a whole day. And for somebody who's in a place where it's pretty negative, that's really challenging and eye-opening, yeah. you know, and it, it takes time. But jotting down all throughout the day, you know, what time and what you thought, basically. And then the next day, I argued against them. Oh, wow. I love that. Kind of like what you said with a friend. Like, yeah. what would you – like, a friend, if you said – oh my gosh, I have these horrible wrinkles here or, mm -hmm. you know, my love handles, whatever. How argue against it? Like be the lawyer who's arguing against that. And just that awareness sometimes, mm -hmm. because then you also realize how much energy you're putting into the negative. Yeah. And all the energy you could free up and do whatever you want with. And that reflects in all aspects of your life too. I mean, if you're being negative in your body, chances are you're missing a lot of positive that's going on all around you, whether it be, you know, well, something great happened at work or, you know, something great happened in your relationship or a hobby or whatever it, it be, you could be blinded by just how negative you're feeling about yourself. You know, and you miss out on all the great things that life has to offer. Yeah, it's really true. It's mm -hmm. really true. So what do you most hope that people get from your work? Obviously, you're an entertainer mm -hmm. and an artist. Do you have a particular goal in mind or what you hope audiences will perceive? 
Um, you know what? I actually, I have my website, which is alisontylervip.com, and it's a member site. Um, but I really try to cater to my fans there um, and my followers. And it's it's pretty fun because on my I started shooting for that site back when I was 19. So my followers have really gotten to see me, I like to say grow up, because I feel like I was such a baby back then. Yeah. Um, and they really got to see like my body change and my sensuality change. And I just, I want people to take away like, just be comfortable in your skin. Because it took me a long time, but as soon as the cameras turned on, it's almost like that I didn't have time to think about that. Mm. I just wanted to focus on what I'm doing and, and doing um, something that I love for my fans. And I want people to kind of take take that away. Like just watch me be comfortable in my skin and hopefully, you know what, hopefully you'll be able to pull something positive out of that and take it with you into your life. Does It could be something very small, you know. Yeah, every yeah. small thing adds up. It does. It does. It really and does. I love that. And also for people to hear that you've struggled in this way too, mm -hmm. as I think all women have, yeah. is really empowering in a way because it's you know, I think it's so easy to see other people's beauty. Mm -hmm. You know, people go, I can't believe she would ever think anything negative. Yep. But really, we're, we're all in that situation. I can't believe we all have to do that. We definitely like, are, especially in the age of social media. Yeah. You know, um, I follow a girl on Instagram who's from Australia, and she did a really remarkable thing, which I love. She um, she was like a, one of the girls who does a bunch of like, she's a brand ambassador, right? So you see her advertising for a bunch of different clothing companies or whatever. And she took time to go back on all of her posts and there was like a picture of her on the beach in a dress. And she said, what you don't see here is the fact that I hated myself so much in this picture. I was screaming at my sister who took the picture and we were fighting. And she was like, so things that you see on social media aren't like mm. aren't what they seem. Yeah. You know, and everybody has their own personal struggles, even the girls that look perfect. They're not, you know, nobody's perfect. Everybody has their own, their own body struggles, their own, you know, struggles with, with life, period. And everybody's human. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. That's really powerful. I think there's this idea when we're scrolling through Instagram, mm -hmm. there's like this comparison thing that can happen. Oh, for sure. And you go, oh, my life isn't as cool. Mm -hmm. I'm not traveling as much. I'm not as pretty. And as you said, it's, you know, for one thing, people are curating a lot of it. Mm -hmm. And I think it's great to use social media however you feel good about. You know, yeah. some people want to just put the good moments. Some people share every darn thing, mm -hmm. you know. But it's really important, I think, to keep that in check and to and to say, you know what, we do all have struggles. Exactly. And a lot of the, the deepest ones are too intimate for people to share or mm -hmm. photograph. And maybe they don't want to commemorate it on Instagram. But yeah. hearing that, you know, the story and that pictures only show, you know, exactly. especially when it's like a modeling picture. Mm -hmm. You know, I think uh, there's all kinds of things that go on there that, that nobody knows about. And yeah, 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 it's really true. Earlier in the show, I interviewed a photographer mm -hmm. who shoots nudes and also people making love. Mm -hmm. And I think we talked about this a bit. It's so empowering to have, I think, 
if possible, everyone should have a naked photo shoot at some oh, point. Yeah. yeah. What would you advise to somebody who's like, I kind of want to try that, but I've never done anything like it before? Go for it. Yeah. 100% go for it because it's going to be, I think I heard part of that interview when I was in the lobby. Um, it's it's going to be awkward at first. And he was talking about that. But as soon as your clothes come off, it's like this empowering, like very powerful feeling like you just you you just want to be naked. I mean, even when I'm on set, like I walk around, I walk around naked. Like I'll go get snacks naked. Like I'm just I'm very comfortable in my skin and and I really think that um doing something like that, you know, getting your your pictures taken even if it's just for yourself or maybe for your spouse or maybe you guys do it together. It's such a powerful feeling. I've been trying to talk my 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 spouse into doing that. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm almost awesome. there. He's I like, think it's great. Yeah, that's awesome. He's a little hesitant. He's got my vote. Yeah. Uh, maybe he's like, but you're a professional. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like cooking with a master chef. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I agree. I think it's really empowering. And, you know, there's so many ways to do it as mm-hmm. well, whether you're able to hire a great photographer that you mm-hmm. trust. Um, or, you know, have a really good friend who you trust who's great with a camera mm-hmm. or setting up a camera on a tripod. Mm-hmm. You know, there's so many ways to do it. And I, I do think there's something about that freedom to, to feel that free in your body. Exactly. And, to, and that you'll always have that and that you can capture it. And also to see yourself through somebody else's eyes when mm-hmm. they know how to take a photo. Exactly. It's amazing. It, it really is. It really is because you get to see yourself – it's so different than like looking in the mirror. You know what I mean? I mean, having someone who really knows photography take a nude portrait of you is, I don't know, I think it's so beautiful. Like they capture such a raw, such a raw, um, I don't know what what the word is. Sensuality. It is such a raw sensuality, like just a natural being. You know, being naked is so natural. Yeah. And so many people are scared of it. Yeah, it's another taboo. Mm -hmm. It definitely is. Yeah, for sure, for sure. We also talked earlier about um, beauty of all ages. Mm -hmm. And do you imagine seeing yourself, like, is this something, do you want to work with your body and sexuality for decades and moving forward? Or do you have an idea of, like, the trajectory of your career path? Well, I'm actually getting ready to retire from actually performing in video. Um, I'm moving into fitness and nutrition. I'm a certified yoga instructor. I'm moving that way. But honestly, I never, I don't think I will ever stop wanting to um, be in front of the camera. I love modeling. I love pictures. I love photography. So, and I love being naked. Like I'm, I'm the one that's always down for the nude beach or, you know what I mean? So I always picture myself being in front of the camera in some way or another, but as far as, um, performing and sex goes, that's going to go away pretty soon. So. Wow. Yeah. And what do you love about yoga? Oh God. I just, it's so challenging in a way that people really don't think it will be. So many people think, oh, it's just stretching. It's Mm-mm. it's easy. It's so challenging. And there's always new ways to challenge yourself. 
it's like a never ending, a never ending project. Yeah. Like yeah. the toughest fitness class I've ever taken was a yoga class. Was it? Yeah. I was in Miami and I was like, I'm going to take yoga mm-hmm. because stretching mm-hmm. and I never stretch. So I'll take yoga. It was so hard. <laughs> and that's not to say. And one thing I've noticed now in L.A., I t- I've taken a class a few times and I love how it's all about working with your body as it is. Oh, yeah. So you don't have to feel good at it right away, exactly. right? And you just, if you can't touch your toes, which I still can't, mm-hmm. that's okay. It's perfectly fine. And that's another thing that I really love. You can have someone who's never been on the mat before and someone who's been doing it for 25 years in the same class and they get the same benefits. They get the same experience. You know, some like someone might not be able to touch their toes, but it's okay. Yeah. And it's great. Like the acceptance and the self-love you get out of yoga is is amazing. Like no other like no other class or I don't like to say workout, but no other class that I've taken or yeah. It's meditative. It really is. It works out your soul too. Mm-hmm. It really I mean, does. It's, yeah, I I agree. That's beautiful. So remind us again where people can learn more about you. Um, you can actually go to shop6feetofsunshine.com because that's kind of my hub for everything. My social media, my member site, even my fitness website are all connected to that. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. If you're enjoying Girl Boner Radio, please subscribe on iTunes if you haven't so you'll never miss a beat and consider leaving a simple review while you're there. For extras and a whole lot more, visit augustmclaughlin.com or girlboner.org. And for more from Dr. Megan, visit greatlifegreatsex.com and find us both on social media. Thank you so much for listening and have a beautiful Girl Boner Embracing Week.